we were actually trying to protect ourselves from bears, so we were just, like, talking, you know? You're listening to Swept Together, the story of a modern romance between two adventurers at home, at work, and on the road. We're your hosts, Christian and Annabelle. Join us as we explore the world and make our home together, wherever we end up. Because after all, home is... Taking a Detour. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 45 of Swept Together, the show where we talk about love, business, travel, and learn from other successful couples how to do all those things and do them well. This episode is brought to you by Serac Hammocks. We recently got one of their two-person hammocks, and we love it. It's called a Sequoia. It's built for two people to kind of just lounge around in Mm -hmm. and hang out in. Hang out, get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't have a couch in our RV. And so there's really no place, I mean, except the bed that we can sit next to each other. Hey. (sighs) So it's really nice (laughs) to have, I mean, the the hammock is kind of like our couch. couch, Except for it's outside. Right. And we can bring it with us. But that's the beauty of being in an RV anyway, is spending time outside. So right. we've really liked being able to just, you know, we go on hikes and we can bring the hammock with us. And it's just like we have a couch in our back pocket wherever we go. Right. And it which fits. Which is pretty awesome. It fits. We recently went on a hike in Oregon and I literally carried it on our in our pack. Um, and it, we, we hiked for like two hours. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was super light, very comfortable, and we made it all the way. I don't know how many miles we, we we hiked like hundreds of miles, I'm pretty sure, and it didn't uh, phase me one bit. That may be a slight exaggeration. However, if you want your own Serac hammock, you can go to their website, exploreserac.com, and Serac is spelled S-E-R-A-C. And it is not an exaggeration that if you use the code SWEPT at checkout, you'll get $5 off any order of $25 or more. Check out ExploreSerac.com to get a cool hammock like us. (laughs) Yeah, and this week we have an awesome couple to talk to you guys about. Their names are Dan and Lindsay McKenzie of Follow Your Detour. In this episode, Dan and Lindsay share with us what it was like to navigate a really significant challenge in their relationship. They received a health diagnosis that kind of changed the direction of their lives, and they managed to walk through it together. So they share a lot of really great wisdom. Every relationship goes through struggles and challenges, but... The beauty is being able to walk with your partner through those challenges. And I think Dan and Lindsay's story is just really amazing. Yeah. And um, a lot of our couples that we've interviewed have shared some fantastic stories with us. And if you haven't listened to some of those that we've done in the past, please go and check out our our archives Um, on the website. You go to swepttogether.com and you'll find all of our past episodes from there or you could just subscribe to our show on iTunes or Google Play and you can have them all in the palm of your little hand there. 
What on earth was that? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so, oh, and if you're listening on iTunes or the podcast app, it would be awesome if you could rate us because that really helps us. Um, a lot of people find other podcasts to listen mm-hmm. to by the ratings. And if you can rate us, that would be great. Yeah. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Dan and Lindsay. Well, welcome, Dan and Lindsay, to Swept Together. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here, too. Absolutely. Thank you. We're definitely excited to have you guys on. Um, You guys have a very um, similar story as us, and we were like, oh, we got to talk to these guys. (laughs) They're like from Colorado. They're in an RV driving around the country. It's like it's like us. Yes. (laughs) Crazy Colorado people. I know, right? I know. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys are full-time travelers, as we mentioned, or uh, full-time RVers um, and travel lovers. And um, you're seeking to inspire others. And you had you had some like bumps in the road that we'll get to um, in a little bit. And I'll let you guys talk about that. But um, you know, uh, we've been following your blog and been checking out your Instagram, and we were like very excited for you guys to have to to be on. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Same yeah. to you guys too. We'll let you talk about the uh, you know your road trip and all of that other and your detours. Um, but first, we like to start um, when we interview all of our our uh, couples to hear about their you know like superhero story how they how they became a, a couple. Um, you know, how did you guys meet? How long have you guys been together? Yeah, so we are, what, uh, we're going on 10 years, I think. Um, we've been together. We've been Congratulations. Together for 10 years, and we've been Yay. married now. We just celebrated our seventh uh, wedding anniversary, Aww. actually in one of our favorite places in Hood River. It was really exciting. Oh, my goodness. Um, we were just we got married. there. <laughs> yeah, how okay. awesome is that place? It's amazing. So yeah, so pretty. But Lindsay and I actually sort of have a... a, a a shared past, I guess you could say. Um, her brother and my brother were really good friends as they were in high school. Oh, wow. And we're both from Colorado Springs, so we have just this, you know, hodgepodge network of connections, you know, as, you know, friends of friends and things like that. So we kind of knew about each other um, probably sometime during high school, I think, was our first time actually meeting, but we didn't start dating till my senior year right before I graduated from college Um, and we were sort of brought together because I guess how would you describe it it's just like our past kept crossing you know I had a roommate who worked with her and she had a roommate who happened to go to class with me and her roommate was sort of interested in me and she was actively pursuing my roommate so (laughs) so it was just kind of one of those weird stories, and our past kept crossing. And yeah, I feel like every time I turned around, I would hear his name. Someone, someone would be talking about him. So, we were definitely meant meant to meet, but the timing was right. I think if we had started dating any sooner, it probably wouldn't have worked out. So, while we kept kind of crossing paths, like the timing, um, eventually worked out perfectly. Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. we've we've talked about. Annabelle and I have talked about on a previous episode about timing because we also both lived in Colorado Springs at the same time. And in fact, wow. my, I, I went to that 24-hour fitness right there on Briargate, um, yeah. like by Briargate and like North Academy. Uh-huh. And she lived in like the apartment right behind there. And I would go to that gym all like every day. And we never met. We never met. But we were like, if we had met back then, we would not 
probably have gotten along at all. Totally. <laughs> the timing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I actually went to his high school proms because my high school boyfriend went to his high school and then I was a cheerleader. He was a football player. So we were in so many of the same places at the same time when oh, we Oh wow. Back. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> <Pretty> crazy. <laughs> so yeah. when when the timing finally was right, what was it that initially drew you two together? Yeah, well actually um I was not interested in him at all. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, my Dan. mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've had to hear this now for 10 years. It so. was a part of our like wedding vow thing. But yeah, my mom was like, why don't you date him? He's so cute. And well, back think- in college, he had long hair. Like, yes, he's very attractive, but he had long hair and he was kind of like, thought he was kind of gangster and would listen to like loud rap music and well let's put a little context so the first time we really hung out like it was sometime around easter maybe even easter and i volunteered to bring her home from denver up back to college in fort collins and she definitely didn't take that invitation very seriously because she kept me waiting all day long. You know, I was supposed to head back and she just kept, no, I'm not quite ready, not quite ready, but I didn't want to lose this chance for an hour of time with her, you know? And so I just waited and I waited and I waited. And finally, I show up. She's like, okay, come pick me up. And I show up. And at the time, I didn't have a very nice car. In fact, my license plate had to be duct taped on. Because he didn't have a bumper. (laughs) And, And so the first thing, the first time I meet, really meet her family, I'm asking for duct tape to put my bumper and my car back together. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, my mom's like, why don't you date him? Like, are you serious? <laughs> Do you see what I see? No. So. But then, like, once we started hanging out, and because we had so many mutual friends, everybody had such great things to say about him. And so I knew he was a good guy. And then we just had so much fun together. And uh, we would stay up until, like, 5 in the morning just giggling and, like, joking and talking and we just early on had all these funny inside jokes and um, he he always just made me feel really important and I was always his top priority and he would pass up, you know, like parties with his friends and stuff like that to just always make me know that I was his number one and I had never had that in a relationship before. So that was just probably it for me. Yeah, and I think I think one thing, um, you know, it kind of goes back to that timing, but also, you know, what sort of drew us to each other, or at least me to her, was I I actually didn't really date anybody at all in college. I don't think I actually had a a quote-unquote girlfriend, you know. I was mostly interested in just, you know, hanging out with my friends, partying, doing whatever. Um, So my mentality sort of shifted right towards the end of college, and I think I was actually in a position that I wanted to meet somebody, and I was sort of having a hard time. And as soon as we started hanging out, I just realized that she was really genuine. You know, I mean, at that age and you're, you know, if you're hanging out with buddies and partying a lot, sometimes it can be hard to make real genuine connections. And I just felt like Lindsay was authentic as soon as we started talking and and hanging out. And she just motivated me to be a little bit better of a person than I was being. So I was hooked pretty much right away. (laughs) Right. I mean, she gave you duct tape for your bumper. So that that right away is like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's a winner yeah yeah it's true <laughs> exactly so after after that what what when did you kind of realize like hey this is you know a long-term thing this is going somewhere 
Um, honestly, it was like immediately. <laughs> we had been dating uh-huh. a month and we were at his college um, graduation party and I told his best friend and roommate, like, I'm going to marry him. I hope you are ready because I'm going to marry him. And he was a little freaked out because we'd only been dating for a month. But I just I just knew right away I dated quite a bit before. And um, it was just so natural with Dan. Um, we never had to play games. We were never, you know, just very authentic and real and easy. So everything just happened kind of quick because it felt so right. For me, at least. Maybe he has a different story. Huh. No, I, I, it, it was quick. It was very quick. And in fact, one of the things that we joke about is we don't really remember those early years. We just kind of felt like we met. We did this uh, ride from Denver to Fort Collins, and then all of a sudden we were married. It was just wow. very fast, and just it just seemed like I, I think the key for our relationship was everything just felt very easy, you know, and, and it just it just kind of was seamless. Yeah. But you guys, you guys were dating for like three years before you actually got married, though, it sounds like, right? Because you guys have been together for 10 years and you've been married for seven. Yeah, yeah we did a destination wedding. So we kind of had to give people time to fly out to Mexico and stuff to pay for pay for their travel. But um, we just we just kind of knew and we immediately because once he graduated college, um, he moved down to Denver and I was still in Fort Collins. So we were an hour apart and we did the long distance thing and. Um, but we just pretty early on started planning for our future together. It was just something we knew we were going to get married. And so it was like, how can we start, you know, joining our lives together? And then, you know, we moved in together. We just started like achieving our dreams together and got our master's degrees and just kind of, um, just started making it happen. So nice. we don't remember, (laughs) we don't even remember our first date, honestly, because everything just like happened i don't know yeah it's hard to explain it was it sounds like it was very like natural the process was just very intuitive and it wasn't like this big huge ordeal yeah there wasn't a big production about it it sounds like totally yeah 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 absolutely we're having a destination wedding as well so we're like fully on board with good that beach weddings in (laughs) where are you going we're going to belize yeah Keycocker Belize. Oh, oh wow. wow. That'll be great. Yeah, it, it should be That'll really be super fun. You will be so happy. We can't, like, we always encourage it to everybody. It is the best way to go. It's the day's perfect no matter what happens. The planning's easy. Everyone had, like, the greatest time. You're going to love it. Right? Like, what could be better than having a vacation with, like, all of your favorite people? Like, right. that just sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what were you guys doing in Denver, you know, before before all of this started, before your road trip and all of that? So I was teaching kindergarten, actually. I taught for six years. That was my greatest dream from the moment I was in kindergarten. So no way. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was teaching and I was loving it. Yeah, I I was doing a variety of things. You know, I used to be really envious of Lindsay because she just knew what she wanted to do with her life. You know, she had a clear direction and I was not so clear on my direction um, (laughs) as I think a lot of people aren't. You know, they they sort of, you know, for whatever reason, they go this way, they go that way. And I I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So we were just living in Denver. We moved around, you know, we'd go from, you know, the Wash Park area 
you know, this, that. And eventually we decided we wanted to build a house and start a family. So, you know, while she was teaching, I had found a, a job with a technology company. And so we moved out to the suburbs and we started preparing for a life with kids. So um, I don't really know. I guess I was just sort of working and living, you know, just sort of, you know, your day-to-day -day normal what they call the American dream. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Not loving going to work every day, but thought that that was sort of the only option, I guess. That's what you're, quote unquote, supposed to do. And right. then totally. stay at one company forever and then get a, you know, gold watch at the end. And <laughs> a, a kick on the butt on the way out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so. pretty much. So you guys were on this path and you actually received a diagnosis that was kind of a, a pivot point in your relationship. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so as Dan said, we were preparing for family life and we got a house in the burbs and, you know, as we were buying it, we just pictured where we would put the nursery and kids playing in the background or in the backyard. And, um, and then, so, you know, we start, we went off birth control and we were ready for it. And then a year later it hadn't happened. And so we started doing some testing and another year later after tons of tests and so many emotions, we, um, Dan got the diagnosis that he, um, actually cannot produce sperm. He was given this diagnosis of Sertoli only syndrome, wow. which basically means he had a biopsy done and his body does not produce cells necessary to produce sperm. So it was pretty clear cut. Like it's just not going to happen. For right. You guys. Right. Yeah. You know, I remembered when I went and I got the first test done, you know, if you've never been through that and I know so many people go through infertility struggles, it's, it's very common. Um, but when you first step into that realm and you get your first test or whatever it is, especially as a guy, you know, they give you some number and it's like, oh, you have two million or something like that, right? That's your count. And then there's some movement number. And and um, I didn't really know what the number should be, but they came back to me and they're like, uh, you have zero. Whoa. And I was like, is that low? Like, is what what does that mean? Like, is it is that is that low or am I? Is, what do you mean by zero? Is, it, you know? is this so, like golf? Lower, um, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this golf? What are we talking about here? Um, but no, so it was definitely a, a, a whirlwind, you know, because, I mean, I mean, what are you going to say when you find out you can't have kids from a paternal perspective? I mean, obviously we, you know, then, you know, the next questions I'm sure will be, what did you do about it? But, you know, we started pretty much just stood there in shock kind of, you know, it's like, wait a minute. And for Lindsay, especially that was, you know, her biggest heart's desire was to have a family and she oh, comes wow. from a large family and her siblings family and you know my siblings have families and so so it was definitely a rocker for us um mm -hmm. and and frankly we didn't do a great job handling it mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. where, where we're at today is so much because of that news but um we really struggled with it you know mm -hmm. we, we had invested a lot of money into figuring out what was wrong um and then after that we started we felt like the only way to handle the situation was to like spearhead forward. So we, you know, even though we weren't both really sure, we started down different fertility treatments, you know, using donor sperm or adoption or whatever the course might be. And, and we went with the donor sperm route 
and we just kind of like spearheaded through it. We didn't give ourselves that opportunity to really process and reflect. Mm -hmm. And and what it ended up doing was leading to a real negative place for us. The, yeah. the stress levels, you know, combined with, you know, the amount of money we were spending and it wasn't working. And we were just in a really bad spot, you know, feeling really sorry for ourselves. Like, yeah. um, it, w it was just so up and down. And I think we just wanted a solution really quick. And it was... You know, we had gone a year with um, all this testing and working with this clinic. And so it was kind of like we felt like we needed to keep the momentum going. And it was like, you know, we want a kid and let's just keep moving forward. And um, it'll be a different way of getting a, a child, but we'll have a child and it won't matter. And, you know, we'll get through it. And we really didn't take the time to just grieve. And it didn't work. I mean, we went through three failed procedures with sorry where um the the donor sperm didn't take and so um we it, everything just kind of came crashing down and it was we I just wasn't healthy I wasn't taking care of myself it was just this was everything wow. to me so um we decided to go on a trip we went to Thailand <laughs> and we took a break um but I remember a doctor telling me like you know, you just experienced the death of a dream. And with death, you have to grieve and remember to grieve and feel all those emotions. And so it wasn't until then, like we got back from Thailand and we, we did, we grieved for a couple months and we were angry. We were jealous of people. We were upset. We were happy in some ways because We'd seen other couples go through infertility that never get an answer, and they go 10 years with no diagnosis, no problems, and they don't know why they can't get pregnant. So at the same time, we were, we felt blessed to have just an answer, and we knew, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah <laughs> we're I think, getting lengthy, but. Yeah, sorry. No, that's I think okay. that, uh, you know, I mean, this, after this trip to Thailand, and, you know, I don't know if you'll ask this question or not, but Lindsay and I have always sort of loved to travel one of the founding like foundational blocks of our relationship in our very early years of marriage we quit our jobs and moved to Costa Rica for four months wow during that time we grew as a couple you know it was really foundational for us so over the years we always sort of connect with one another through trips and so we were battling this infertility and we were both very unhappy and I was just I was really getting more and more unhappy. I didn't want to live where we wanted to live or where we were living because I felt like this, it was a constant reminder that this is the suburbs. There's no one, you know, very few people our age out here, you know, and I was just very unhappy. So we decided to take a trip, you know, we might've had a couple of bottles of wine. Uh, I don't know when we purchased the tickets um, and we went to Thailand. And I think this is where our follow your detour story started to take shape. You know, we, it allowed us to reflect and to, we didn't quite know what we were calling it at that time, but our, our mentality really started to change. And we started to say, you know what, A, it's okay if we don't have kids. Like we were feeling a ton of pressure from other people and it's okay if we don't have them right now, at least, right? Like we don't, we, if this doesn't feel right to us, it's okay to say this isn't right for us. Um, and so we started thinking about that and then, and then we started thinking, well, you know, what does this mean? Like, this is this is just a roadblock for us. This is actually an opportunity for us to do something different that maybe we hadn't thought. And, you know, we'd love to travel. We always have. So it started kind of thinking, well, 
let's maybe try something new, you know? And so we started really seeing this thing as instead of this crushing weight that was just ruining our lives, we really started to see it as more of a, a detour or a roadblock. And, and once we, once we kind of started putting that mentality out into the world, like our, our life just got a lot better and our relationship got a lot stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt so blessed. I started really just counting what we do have. And I, I relied on, on him and he was relying, you know, we were thinking of each other's feelings through this whole process. And we had never, never at any point did we feel like this is going to destroy us. Like we just, we would talk about it constantly. We would cry together. And so at the end of it, I was just felt so blessed to have him. And I, forever will say if you know if all I get out of life is Dan I will consider myself so blessed and I know that he will bring me so much happiness that you know I don't have to have kids and kids will just be a bonus at this point and then like he said we just we were like well then let's just do stuff that people with kids can't do (laughs) let's travel more because when you have things get a little more difficult so now the timing's in our hands and we're gonna just go achieve some other dreams that we have more control over and and then see what happens and if at some point you know adoption presents itself or or we want to get back into the donor route like we'll just know it and we want it to feel right and you know going back to the whole timing thing we just we'll know it we can't mess with the timing of a life that's you know going to be born so totally yeah we've just kind of turned it into an opportunity to to discover a new dream of ours. That's fantastic, guys. I, I I can't even imagine, you know, what you were going through when you heard that news, number one, and then, you know, going through that process of figuring out what to do next. Um, hearing hearing the, the, I mean, I could hear the, like, emotions coming through. What how did you guys get through it? I mean, that has to be so difficult. And it sounded like there was a point where it was like, you guys were not healthy. And then you came back together, mm-hmm. right? Because they always say like, you have to come back together, no matter what in a relationship. Like, how did you do that? What was your process? So I think, I think honestly, and it sounds, it does sound cliche, like that vacation was absolutely critical for us at that point in time you know we went somewhere and we just sort of got away from it all we just disconnected and it wasn't on our mind at the forefront of our mind right and so I think that was sort of the first step was get some space just from that problem yeah and you know and like Lindsay mentioned we one thing we don't do is internalize to like you know, it's I don't keep things and she doesn't keep things. We we are really open books to each other, especially. So I knew where she was at. She knew where it was I was at. And once we got back from Thailand, I think I maybe had an epiphany. I don't know if I would call it an epiphany, but I, I vocalized that I did not want to be where we were, and I felt like it was time for us to make a change. You know, I felt like getting away in in Thailand and. In, and just getting away for that two weeks was enough to say, I'm ready to, to look at life a little different. Let's make a big change. And we felt like we needed a big change. And so... We moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, so <laughs> a couple of weeks later, we packed up and moved. Wow, no way. <laughs> we did. We were like, let's get a change of 
scenery, yeah. Yeah, actually, this was crazy. We came back from Thailand, I think, in maybe March, the beginning of March. And then we had a blizzard, like maybe sometime in April, I think. That sounds about right. And Lindsay and I were staring at the 17 inches of snow on our back porch, and we're like, you know what? We've got to get out of here. Like, let's make a change. Literally six weeks later, we had sold the house, moved across the country, both gotten jobs, and we're now living in North Carolina. And Which was crazy because I never thought I could move away from my family. But this was just, I knew this was the time for Dan and I to really come together and start re-picturing our, our life together and start making some bold decisions to to try something different. And, you know, at that point, it was kind of like, well, what do we have to lose? Like, we just, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And our family, you know, nobody understood what we were going through. And on top of that all, my brother had passed away. So I was just, like, buried in grief. Wow. And I was tired of... I was tired of people looking at me like, oh, you poor thing. You know, like I just really needed somewhere new where nobody knew me, nobody knew our story, and we could just kind of yeah. start over in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and I think from a, like a process standpoint, I mean, to reiterate, I think, you know, making a, a change, it, it can be very powerful, but this is where we became huge believers in in this detour concept that we really try to live our life by now. Yeah, like if and, you're not happy, make a change. You and, know, and we weren't happy, and we we just it, it it may not you know for a lot of people who move a lot, like moving away from family may not seem like a big deal, but our whole roots are here, you know. So for us to pack up and move, it was a big like. Oh yeah. It was just a big, you know, for us it just and it and it that space that we created from our family and this might sound bad but it was then filled with each other again you know and it and, and we started really thinking okay this is a different life like now what now what and so we yeah it was like the first big bold move that then made us feel so open to just continuing to make moves like i think we had some friends that moved to another city and I'll never forget them saying, like, once you move once and once you just kind of get past the fear of the unknown, then you'll feel like you're so much more open to take other risks and to continue to just make big moves in life and not be yeah. scared. And, um, and yeah. yeah, and this is where, you know, this is how we ended up in an RV, honestly. Like, these were small steps that have laid a foundation for us that, in the last two years, we've just completely changed our perspective. We've changed our mentality, and that's ultimately how we are now chasing our dreams of starting a website and trying to build online businesses. You know, and it's just it's a small step, but the mindset has been everything for us. And yeah. and it's we are just loving life right now. Um, we do not feel like victims any longer. We want to help others, inspire others in whatever way that that could be, and so you know, a little step of moving or maybe you consider it a big step, it's just been monumental for us because of the way we're just approaching things now. Right. Yeah. So had we have not moved to Raleigh, it was when we moved to Raleigh that Dan got his remote job. Mm. Um, so then when we were in Raleigh, I was, um, really struggling with teaching and just really not happy anymore. And, um, we would take, we loved Raleigh because we could take weekend trips all over. And so mm -hmm. we were going to Savannah, Georgia and Washington, DC and, um, Hilton Head, South Carolina. And, 
every weekend, it seemed like we were going on these weekend trips. And so one weekend we were in North Carolina mountains and Dan said, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this all the time and always try new places every week, two weeks, and we could get an RV and, and it wasn't that crazy of an idea at that point because he could work from anywhere and, I was so unhappy. I was ready for another change. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like that very moment in the mountains. We we said, let's go for it and started taking the steps necessary to make it happen. And again, we just felt so empowered to just make a change if we weren't happy. Like it, it just was so clear to us that we were in control and there's really nothing you can't overcome mm-hmm. to get yourself in a better situation, no matter how impossible it may seem. Like, yes, it seemed crazy for us to move into an RV and we didn't even know anything about RVs and where are we going to buy one? And now (laughs) we're going to have to move all of our stuff from Raleigh, North Carolina back to Colorado. Um, And we've only been there eight months and it seemed absolutely crazy, but we just, like he said, it was our mindset and we knew like, this is, we're open to what life has for us. We're going to take any opportunities or anything that comes up and we're going to, we're going to go for it. So we just, it was just this series of kind of crazy moves, but we're so happy we did it. Yeah, totally. Well, we can definitely relate to having the idea of maybe we should move into the, to an RV and having no idea what that really entailed. Uh, It was like a big learning curve, but yeah. How long, how long have you guys been on your road trip now? So we've been on the road three months. Um, now we're kind of back home just for about six weeks because we've got some family events and friends' weddings that we're in and stuff like that. And we're going to actually purchase a new RV um, we're really excited about. Yeah, the first one we bought was just kind of um, a starter one to kind of see if we liked the lifestyle. And now that we're just obsessed with it and we know <laughs> we're going to be doing it a while, we're ready for a more permanent one. Nice. Um, and being home is a perfect place for us to do that transition. So we're excited about that. I'm excited to be home with friends, which is nice about RV life too, that we can come home for a month and get our family fixed in too. Totally, yeah. totally. Well, you guys, I, I think I saw a fifth wheel. Is that what you guys have right now? Yeah. It is. It's a 2005 Forest River Rockwood. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's been great, but it's just not, we're living too hard <laughs> for it to keep up. Ah, so. I see. Yeah, so we've, so far on our road trip, which has also been about three months yeah three months like three months on the 21st like two days ago is our three-month road anniversary yeah and oh, um, nice. yeah thanks so we've we've talked to um a couple who have a 16 foot trailer like a bumper pull mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple who live out of a like a volkswagen like a van again sprinter van no like the oh. a, a van oh uh, yeah that's right a the volkswagen westphalia van, a westphalia and then a sprinter van and then now you guys, you have a <laughs> fifth wheel. Like, we feel like we're going, uh, like, across all the different kinds yeah. of RVing life. That yeah. is funny. Yeah, we um, we like our space. We have two big dogs, too. Mm. So vans just wouldn't work for us. But yeah. Yeah. yeah what- we, we wanted to set ourselves up for, like, the best, most comfortable situation so that we could sustain it. And it 
didn't feel like full-time camping. You know, it really kind of felt more like home. So totally. That's why we went the fifth wheel route. Yeah. So are you guys going to get another fifth wheel then? I think so. Yeah. 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 Cool. What, what, what's your favorite part about living in an RV or like your fifth wheel? Um, Definitely the travel, getting to see. I mean, in three months, we went to seven different states. Um, Just saw some incredible stuff. I remember one day we were like, holy crap, we just watched the sunrise in the Grand Canyon. And then it set over Lake Havasu. Or You just have moments like that that just completely take your breath away. And you have to pinch yourself. This is our life. We (laughs) are... You know, we're a couple miles from Glacier National Park right now, and this is what we're calling home. Like the whole home on wheels is, or home is where you park it and all that. It's it's just true. It's yeah. like, and I think that my favorite. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of all the travel as well and seeing all the amazing things that we've seen. But from a relationship standpoint, I think that living in this motorhome or fifth wheel or whatever you want to call it, RV, has been. Um, it's just been great for our relationship because together we're now constantly put into a position of you know out of our comfort zone right we're we're constantly out of our comfort zone we started with a fifth wheel we had a first travel day from you know it was a terrible first travel day it's like we're learning we're learning every day you know and we just have found that when you're exposing yourself to new things and you're continually in like a learning mode like, you just grow as a person. So I, I've loved watching Lindsay blossom. You know, she's, you know, combined that with, you know, trying to start these online businesses. It's It's been a really beautiful thing to just watch her confidence level soar. And, you know, we were joking as we were driving back to Colorado how, you know, pulling the trailer now is nothing. When we started, I was, you know, you know, terrified. I was terrified. I couldn't even back the thing up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's just been, yeah, I mean, just grown the so traveling much. is awesome, but I, I'm, I'm so happy. And the reason I would encourage it to any couple um, is the quality time we get to spend together and then watching your partner grow as you grow yourself is, is really, really beneficial for a healthy relationship. Yeah, we, we at least in our opinion. Yeah, no, we we second hearty hearty here here from yeah. from us. We um. So, what is it that you guys are doing now? You mentioned that um. Obviously, you're no longer teaching kindergarten, Lindsay, <laughs> unless you brought a whole yeah. pack of five year olds with you in your fifth wheel. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Teaching was a dream and I accomplished it and it will be there if I ever want to go back. But it was it was just time for me to to kind of pursue a new dream, which was, you know, us starting this blog, Follow Your Detour, and um we're working to monetize that and um we've got a couple other things in mind. Um but I'd say that yeah. one of the bigger things that we're really excited about when we get back on the road, um is we want to do some more volunteering while we're on the road and we would like to build kind of a, a community of other RVers who we share the different volunteer opportunities that we've had in the different places we've been. And um, it's been a little challenging. We tried to do a little bit of volunteering in the first three months and it wasn't very easy. So we're hoping to kind of spread the word a little bit more um, and just kind of make connections so that we can volunteer more often yeah. and 
and it really goes back to, I mean, that might seem like a little, whoa, that's kind of out of left field, but, you know, we started Follow Your Detour in, a, in an effort to inspire other people to realize that life's going to throw you curveballs, and it's really just how you respond to those curveballs mm-hmm. is, is how you're going to make your life, right, and, and how ultimately happy you're going to be because nobody's plan goes according to it, right? Like, you're always going to get something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things that we started saying about this child situation or our infertility situation is, you know, maybe there's a bigger purpose here. Maybe maybe this is allowing us not to focus on, on like, our little family nucleus, and we can, we can help other people in other places, you know, and maybe that's what this is, this is why it's happened to us, or, oh. the, or at least that's to look at it. So... So we've been really inspired, especially Lindsay, you know, because I, I do, to answer your first question, I still have a job. I, I work remote, so I still have the, the nine-to-five responsibilities. Um, I can just do it from anywhere. But, you know, Lindsay is really driven and, and dedicated to how can I help, you know. And, and RVing seems like a perfect vehicle to do that, right? You get so much joy from seeing the country and traveling and meeting new people and it it can start it can start to feel like a one-sided relationship where you're taking from these communities and you're not doing any you're not physically taking from them right but you're having such a wonderful time and we just want to do a little bit more like we really want to start figuring out a way to get connected and start giving back to these areas and what a better way to do it than like travel one place help out travel another place help out so we're we're working on sort of a way to make that come to fruition um, and so, yeah, that's really what we're working on right now is, is how can we yeah, so, package this and figure out how to, you know, make it a reality. That's awesome. Um, let so us know because we, we love to, um, to volunteer our time too. When we were at, in Denver, still living in Denver, we worked at like Habitat for Humanity and we often went to like the Denver rescue mission, um, on Sundays to, you know, to, to feed the homeless population and um, we love doing that. So let us know what, how what we can do to help. Yeah, cool. absolutely. We- yeah, and like we said, you know, the details are still being worked out, but <clears throat> you can always like subscribe to our newsletter on the blog, and then we're just going to kind of be figuring it out while we've got some time at home. And um, that's ultimately what we want to do, like I said, is just have a community because our veers and travelers are – such good people. We just meet so many great people on the road. And I think a lot of people want to do more and they just don't necessarily know how to get connected. And we hope to kind of help bridge that for ourselves and for others. And so, and then eventually maybe like how cool would it be if a large group of our viewers all met up in one city and did a larger scale project, mm-hmm. you know? So that would be awesome. We're excited. Yeah. That would be, that'd be cool. We're there. Yeah. Well, please keep us in the loop. <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, we will. So, yeah, that's sort of what we're working on. That's awesome. Um, well, that's a lot of fun stuff in the pipeline. Um, so kind of wrapping all of this together, you guys have shared a lot of really great stuff that I resonate a lot with uh, just in this interview so far. If you had to give one piece of relationship advice to a new couple um what what would that be well can i give you like three (laughs) (laughs) sure sure you know we were actually talking about this prior to coming on because we wanted to make sure we had something to say i guess but um (laughs) i think there's a couple things that i would 
that I would tell to a new couple. The first one would be don't force things, you know. I think a lot of times people get in relationships, maybe, and they stay in these relationships for reasons that aren't the right reasons, right? Um, and in, in Lindsay and I's opinion, a relationship with your significant other shouldn't be hard. It should come really easily. And if you're continuing to question, you know, or have challenges or problems, you know, it might not be the, the best relationship for you. So that would be my first piece of advice is don't stay with someone for the wrong reasons or, or you know, get with someone for the wrong reasons. It, it should feel natural and it should be easy and you should really enjoy your time together. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that we would recommend, especially to an early couple, is travel. Go on a trip together. <laughs> I don't care if it's to, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be an RV. It doesn't have to be a foreign country, but a foreign country very well could be a help. When Lindsay and I traveled, every time we travel our relationship has grown every single time because you're you're out of your comfort zone and you have to rely on one another to get through you know especially if you don't speak the language or whatever right so um you learn a lot about somebody the first time you see them out of their comfort zone or out of their normal routine Mm -hmm. so i would encourage it's kind of just good to establish roles too because i when we moved to costa rica i had never I hadn't really traveled that much. And so I had to really rely on Dan because he was a little more well-traveled and, and that was his opportunity to kind of step up and, and be a leader in our relationship. So it, you know, it yeah. helps you just kind of identify, yeah. I think, important roles. And the, the third thing um, I that I would, more. well, Lindsay might have another one, but the last, last yeah. one for me that I think is really important and we haven't really talked about it all here, but Talk about money. Like, if you are a young couple getting married, talk about money. And I don't mean, like, your goals of making millions. I mean, talk <laughs> about the money you have, the money you make. Set a budget and do it together. You know, one of the things Lindsay and I did was go through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace Course. And it's helped our relationship so much because we both sit down at the beginning of the month and halfway through the month. And we budget and we look at what we're going to spend and we talk about what's upcoming. And that transparency together has helped significantly. Like when, when we know the budget, you know, there's no questions about, oh, why did you buy that? Or, you know, there's, there's, there's none of that animosity that I think can poison a lot of relationships because, I mean, the, everyone says money is the number one reason for divorce. And so I, I think you have to talk about it and be proactive. And the best way that we found doing that is by budgeting together and looking at the expenses and looking at what we have coming in. And, and tackling it very, I guess, from a, a you know, like, action standpoint, right? We're very, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but Proactive in, intentional, intentional, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. We, we, we look at it intentionally. So those would be my three pieces of advice, Lindsay. Yeah, well, and, like, when you hear budgets, like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but we, <laughs> we, we actually call them board meetings. I don't know how that even got started. It's kind of nerdy, but... Um, it's also to talk about <laughs> it's also to talk about like the blog and um okay what are you know what did we get done on the blog this week and what are some goals that we have for it and who how can we divvy up that work and then we incorporate like our budget meeting and and it doesn't have to be like so businessy but sometimes it's kind of fun and we'll we'll have a glass of wine but it's just like a time for us to really I mean in some ways you kind of have to have like a business approach to a marriage too and kind of 
Um, especially when it comes to money, you just have to put it on the table and talk about it and work through some of the things you're going through. And, and then, you know, just setting aside that time to talk and turn off the TV. And sometimes we won't even end up budgeting or talking about the blog, but we'll just like be together talking, you know, instead of watching TV. So that, that's been really powerful for us, I'd say. And, um, and then like in the mornings, we'll, we'll go for a walk and kind of set our intentions for the day and, encourage each other and try to compliment each other and tell each other you know like point out things that we're doing that we're impressed with each other by and little things like that I think are so important I just think it's it's so important to build a friendship and I think I mean we can both say we're each other's best friends and we enjoy being together and we have fun together and I just think a friendship is going to take you so much further than any other aspect of a, of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely. Um, and then one other thing, like we did some premarital counseling and I remember our pastors telling us like a marriage is not 50, 50, it's a hundred, hundred. And that was so powerful to me. Yeah. Because it, it is very much just put the other person first and don't worry about what they're going to do, you know, give in return but if you're constantly putting their needs, you know, first, and if that's always on your mind of like, how can I, thing, you know, yeah, if you're both doing a hundred, hundred, it's just, it's going to work out, you know, and it can't be a point system. It can't be, oh, well, if I do this, I hope he does this back or, um, just honor that other person, respect the other person and, and treat them like I guess the way you would want to be treated too, you know, (laughs) golden rule. Here's the kindergarten teacher coming out. (laughs) Wow. I've never, I've never actually heard that said like that, like a hundred, I've always heard, you know, like you always hear 50, 50 in a marriage. Yeah. I've never actually heard it a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. You're blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Another cool thing I heard this week I just wrote a blog post about it, but it was live your dash. I met this guy in Cabo and he had just lost his wife to cancer two years ago. And so I was sharing, you know, some of our struggles and, and I just told him, well, like keep following your detour. And he said, yeah, I love that. And he said, you live your dash. And I was so confused. And he explained how, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, at the end of your life, you'll have the year that you were born uh-huh. and the year that you died. And in between, you have a dash. Oh. And how are you going to live dash? Oh. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. That has been like totally on my mind. And I'm, I really reflected on that. And I'm just so proud of Dan and I for living our dash and creating a life and working to create a life that makes us happy and you know, that we, we're not following society's rules, you know, and we're doing what, what works for us. And if our families think we're crazy, that's okay. They love us mm-hmm. and they do think we're crazy, but, <laughs> you know, we, we have to do us and we can honestly say that we're happy, but, you know, it didn't come easy. It, we had to make some tough choices. We had to make some bold moves and, but it's all worth it. And especially if you can do it together and, lean on each other when one of you is weak and struggling and you know so that's our two cents that's that's awesome um so let's talking about living your dash when you know 50 years from now 
when your friends and family talk about your relationship, what's the legacy that you hope to leave? Most importantly, I want them to just see that our love was so strong. Like, yeah. our love just got us through everything. And that we, you know, I, I always put Dan first. And he comes before my, my family. And I hope that people just know without a doubt that we loved each other tremendously. You know, like that ultimate love story. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I obviously agree with that. And I, I hope that in 50 years, the trajectory that we're on has only gotten stronger. And, and that when we look back 50 years from now, or our friends and family do, they could say, you know what? They gave it everything. They took risks. They they faced adversity. They, they persevered. They inspired. And you know what? Like, they were pretty cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I remember actually going to my grandma's funeral and seeing some of the pictures of her when she was younger and I didn't really realize that she had been a pretty a pretty big traveler especially for those times and as a you know a single woman because my grandfather passed away really early and I remember just thinking like wow she's pretty darn cool <laughs> um, and you know so hopefully they are, you know our grandkids or their kids or whatnot would look at us and say you know what Lindsay and Dan were pretty cool. So yeah. um, I think that's sort of uh, what Love I would it. like. Yeah. We had a life full of adventure and and helping others um, while doing what we love and yeah. yeah. Loving each other. That's so- <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> so you've touched on this a little bit when you mentioned your um, your budget weekly budget meeting. What are what are some of the rituals that you two have that keep you connected in your relationship? So one of the rituals has gotten a lot easier because we live in an RV now and we're sort of permanently traveling. But Lindsay and I always, every single year, if not multiple times a year, have made time to travel. It's been a big part of our relationship. It's been huge for our growth curve together. It's one of those things that we build lasting memories that no, you know, I could buy her the biggest diamond ring ever, and she's going to enjoy that trip to Thailand more than that ring in the long run, you know? And the budgeting helps because that's a priority. So when we sit down to, you know, figure out where our money goes, we always put it in our, like, travel fund mm-hmm. first. So that That's definitely been one of our historic rituals. And, in fact, Lindsay and I started kind of thinking about creating a blog a long time ago just because people would always ask us, you know, where you travel. So if you go to follow your detour, you'll actually see that some of our past travel experiences internationally are up there. But one of the things that we're doing now, and Lindsay did mention it, is each morning we start out with this daily walk that we're trying, um, partly to get our dogs exercise, but also (laughs) we just do these little daily affirmations where we try and give each other some compliment for that day. You know, just something to say, you know, yesterday you cooked a really great dinner. I mean, it doesn't have, who knows what it is or um, the way that you handled yourself on that call is really, you know, you, you were really good or something, right? Like we've been been trying to give each other small little words of affirmation. um, And that seemed to sort of help get us in sync with each other. Yeah. Um, And get us on the same page for the blog. Do we have any other rituals that we're doing? Um, Well, with traveling in the RV, we have to be a little more intentional on like date nights. And so because it's constantly like traveling and sometimes 
it's kind of exhausting because when you're one place for a week, you feel like you have to go and see and do everything in that place. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of run ourselves down a little bit. And so we have to remind ourselves to just take some time and maybe go for a picnic and um, not get so wrapped up in content for the blog while we're in each place and going on these epic hikes and, you know, yeah. just being like, just let's just stay here tonight and have and grill and have some wine and and be together and because as silly as it sounds but you guys will know like it kind of feels like traveling kind of feels like a job when you have a blog and instagram and sometimes it feels like work oh <laughs> yeah. yeah totally oh, yeah. so um just being intentional about taking time for each other is definitely a ritual um yeah I'd say that's it. Little things like we try not to watch TV in bed. Like we spend time, you know, just disconnecting at, at certain points so that we can focus on each other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's really great advice. Um, and before we wrap up our show today, we just wanted to take the time to acknowledge you, um, both both of you, to for, for being so generous with your time and opening up your lives to us. I know that there was a lot of like, you know, emotional things that, that you shared with us and, and and getting to see how you processed all of that was very valuable to us. I don't Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Thank you so much guys. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And thank you so much for having us and we love what you're doing. Um, I think it's a it's an awesome effort and so if we can help share any advice that helps anybody as they you know, embark on their relationship, we're, we're, we're very happy that we could do that. And, like, just to put it out there, we still struggle all the time. Like we still <laughs> have moments oh, where we'll yeah. have a conversation about the whole infertility thing and we break down in tears or, you know, like, it is it is always work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. It, our relationship came natural, but there's definitely, you know, marriage is work. It's, totally. It, it takes a lot of effort, and but it's worth it, and you have to know, yeah, you just have to know that you're willing to, to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to make it work, so. We have a ritual that we like to do together. We, we actually do ours at night. It's very similar uh, to your morning routine, actually, but uh, we do it every uh, every podcast episode, and it's called the sweep up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would love to invite you guys to do it with us. Basically, what we do is we ask each other at the end of the day, uh, what made you feel loved today? And it's just an opportunity for the other person to kind of share, you know, maybe those little things that we don't always think about that we're doing for our, you know, our partners that make them feel loved. And uh, so that's something that we do you know, almost every day. Yeah. And uh, we, we want to invite you guys yeah. to do it with us. And we'll, we'll we can it. start and then you guys can um, do the same thing if that's, uh, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. great. Okay. Awesome. Um, so I, I can start. Okay. Okay. Babe, what made you feel loved today? Oh man. It made me feel really loved so we're we just made it to Glacier National Park today and that was my number one spot on our 
when we were planning out our RV trip, I was like, I want to go to Glacier. This is like non-negotiable. I really wanted, <laughs> I really wanted to go here. And it just meant a lot to me that you have spent the last two days like driving our house across the country all the way from Oregon. We've covered a lot of ground and it just really made me feel loved that you were willing to do that for me to make sure that this part of the trip happened for me. Um, it, it just made me feel really loved. You're welcome, sweetheart. What made you feel loved today? Um, what made me feel loved was something that happened yesterday was we were driving. It was like hot and we'd been driving for, I don't know, seven or eight hours. And, you know, we were doing that thing you do on the road where you just like ask questions or whatever. And maybe I asked one too many questions <laughs> of you. And I know you're an introvert and you kind of like live in your head most of the time. It's and true. It's true. Answering questions, you know, makes you come out of your head. And maybe I asked too many questions. You're like, what is this like? Like an interview or whatever? So you snapped at me a little bit and I was like, whoa. And so I was a little quiet during the, road, the rest of the road trip. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave you alone or whatever. And then later that night after we got to our, you know, our stop, you were like, you gave me a hug and a kiss and you were like, sorry for snapping at you. And, you know, it was just, that Aww. made me feel loved that you, you know, you apologized and then you were, and then like everything was fine after that. Like it wasn't brought up again. I mean, except, except now. for now. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me feel loved. You're welcome. <laughs> no. All right. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I hope something to make him feel loved but uh, my turn I felt really loved oh, I think I'm supposed to ask you oh okay ask hey, hey Lynn's what what made you feel loved today <laughs> thanks for asking um I felt really loved today when you spent your entire day playing with my sweet niece and my mom and I and we have this crazy idea to paint these rocks and go hide them because that's kind of this trend in Colorado Springs right now. And you go and you find rocks and then you post it in this Facebook group and then you connect and see who hit it. And I don't know, it's a little game. So nice. we got to hang out with my niece today and Dan sat down and painted a rock, which I know that's probably not, you know, something he was looking forward to doing today. And then he cooked us all lunch and then went to the park with us and, you know let my niece swing him and this like baby swing <laughs> was just like so playful and fun and just I love the way that he loves my family and makes my family a priority too and never gives me a hard time for wanting to spend time with them so that makes me feel really loved uh, and now how have I made you loved so my you made I felt loved it was yesterday was the example I want to use, but um, okay, well, there's still time today, so I'll work harder <laughs> for today. Um, you made me feel loved yesterday when at nine in the morning I woke up and I wanted to go look for new trucks. <laughs> and you, knowing me, um, you know, first of all, I'm an overanalyzer and I always want to look at new things and I get hooked on the, I get fixated on these things, and it just happened to be a truck. And I know you didn't want to go look at trucks because we don't need a new truck. But you and you had family coming over that you hadn't seen. But 
And I may have had one too many margaritas the night before, so I wasn't feeling my <laughs> Yeah. You saw that I was determined, and I really wanted to go look at new trucks. And um, you, I put my you, smile. You on. put your smile on and went out and looked at new trucks <laughs> with me. So that made me feel loved. Aww. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for participating. That's like always one of our favorite parts of the show. One of my favorite parts of the show is just Mine like, too. yeah. Well, I'll speak for myself. I'm not gonna like. <laughs> Um, I love it. That's awesome. And so, yeah. So, thank you so much for uh, for participating with us. Um, yeah. We so to close out the show, um, we'd kind of like to give you guys an opportunity to share, um, you know, what you're currently working on. Where can people come find you online? Absolutely. Um, best place to find us is followyourdetour.com. That's our website. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest um, for all of those things, Follow Your Detour. And like we mentioned earlier, if you're really interested in our story, we'd love it if you'd sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we have some really exciting stuff around the volunteer stuff that we're working on and a couple other things. So um, we'd love you to check out our website, followyourdetour.com, sign up for the newsletter. and um, Yeah, we know. just love hearing from people. It's the coolest thing when we get an email from somebody clear across the country who just stumbled upon our blog and, you know, is going through something similar or found some sort of inspiration. Like, that is the coolest thing. So feel free to shoot yeah, us an absolutely. email anytime. If, if there's anything you want to talk about, especially as it relates to RVing or maybe you want to talk about infertility struggles or any of those things like we absolutely are an ear and we'd love to answer any questions you know we're not experts in anything but we certainly love to help and talk and you know yeah. so if anyone is interested you know feel free they can email us um, at dan at followyourdetour.com or at lindsay l-i-n-d-s-a-y at followyourdetour.com so we'd love hearing from people yeah and um, at, on our blog you can get like just different international trip um, inspiration and see where we've gone, what we've done, things we recommend. You can find RV resources. So if you're looking to RV and you want to, like if you're like us and don't know anything about RVing, we have a little bit of information that we're consistently trying to add to just, you know, how we find places to park and tips for buying an RV, and why we chose a fifth wheel and things like that. And, and then we've got a little bit of inspiration kind of weaved into the whole thing so and we also published our rv route so that was one thing that i struggled to find when we first um hit the road was just i wanted to see where other people had gone and where they'd stayed and what they did and so that was really important to me to do and um we may be a little bit behind but we're working (laughs) yeah we have we have a map on our website too where we share our route so that's cool. Cool. Yeah. I saw that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Um, our listeners are going to get a ton out of out of the show today. So thank you again so much. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you, guys. We had such a great time, too. It's always fun. So hopefully we meet up on the road. Yes, yeah. please. Of Definitely. course. And you think, Lindsay, you, um, you probably said the magic word, ma- margarita. And then yes, <laughs> oh. I will. Yeah. I will find you. I, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Dan makes a really good margarita. Yeah, we so. we may or may not have brought a Vitamix with us in Ooh. our RV just just so, for margaritas, just so we All can right. make some art. Well, but, tell um, me, tell me where and when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it was great chatting with you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so You're much. gonna love it. Yeah, Thank have an you. awesome time. Thanks, guys. Take care.
Wow, we had so much fun talking to these guys. They are, I mean, essentially, we're kind of on the same path. Like, right, they're from Colorado. They started on their road trip together because they were like, screw this, you know. We need a change. We need a change, and that's what we did, too. And they're three months into their road trip. So are we. And it's just uncanny. And, in fact, they were... They were here last week where we're at. We're in Columbia Falls, Montana, right outside of Glacier National Park. Literally, they were here um, like a week or two ago. So it's a small world. <laughs> it's a small world. Anyway, sorry. If now you, that you all have that stuck in your head. Yes. And if you enjoyed this show and um, you wanted to check out some more, um, go to our show notes. We have all the links there to Dan and Lindsay's website and their instagram and all of their social media links and if you got something out of it please subscribe to our show on itunes and share us with your friends that would be that would make us feel really loved and it would be awesome if you did that yeah it makes us feel really grateful to be able to do what we're doing when we hear positive feedback from you guys about what you're getting out of the show recently we had a new review from low lora let me see. L O W R A G H. Laura. Laura. Yeah. Laura. Laura. <laughs> Thank you so much for reviewing our podcast. She says, Our new favorite podcast. My toddler loves to dance to the intro music. <laughs> I love hearing the details of the RV adventure, especially about the operations and logistics of it all. My husband and I have also started doing our own sweep up. Oh my God, guys, that is just the best thing ever. We love that sweep up. Which has given us an awesome opportunity to catch up with each other every day. Heart emoji. Laura speaks my language. Laura. <laughs> Something that I enjoy in the podcast, which happens almost every episode, is when Christian totally rambles off with something and Annabelle replies with a quick, what? I don't totally ramble off on... Anything. I don't know what Laura Lo, Laura is talking about. <laughs> I I definitely stay focused. I know and exactly to... what she's talking about. Anyway, give this podcast a try and find some new adventurous friends. <laughs> Thank you so much for that review. We just we love doing what we're doing, and it makes us really happy to hear that other people are getting things out of the show as well. Yes. We hope to inspire great love from each and every one of our listeners with you and your your significant other. Um, and the best way to keep from missing any of our future shows is to subscribe. Yeah, we really hope that every episode that we put out either makes you laugh or, more importantly, gives you some kind of takeaway that you can apply to make your relationship even better. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect ourselves and we're also trying to figure out along with you guys. So we hope we're a tool and a resource for you to learn from other couples as well. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and listening to the show. Yeah. So we will talk to you again next week. Yes. And please go and follow us at Swept Together on all social media channels. Until next time. Love, love you guys. You guys.
I'm compelled to do that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know Wayne's World? I was only allowed to watch PBS as a child. Damn Stop it. calling me a tool. In this... Well, oh yeah, we're right next to Pinja Tacos. Please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Hello. Yeah.